wipe down all surfaces that are outside of your home that you are going to touch or your child is going to touch. Make sure your children are not touching other people, that they're not coming to physical contact. Really keep that six foot uh, social distance in play. That's this week's guest, Dr. Ian Smith, talking about, yep, you guessed it, the coronavirus or COVID-19. And because we're practicing social distancing this week, we are conducting this interview via Skype. So please forgive the sound quality as we kick off this week's episode of Daddy Duty 365. Hey everybody, welcome to Daddy Duty 365 and today we have a special edition of the show because of the coronavirus. We are talking to an expert in the industry, Dr. Ian Smith, who is not only a father but he's also a man with almost 20 books under his belt. He's a New York Times best-selling author. You know his books, The Shred, The Clean 20. I mean, his newest book, which you guys definitely have to get, is called Mind Overweight. So you definitely want to talk, uh, check that out. We're going to be talking about that because it's going to help you curb your cravings, find motivation, and hit all those magic numbers you want to see on the scale. And it's just going to be done in seven simple steps. So check out that book. Check him out here as well. You've seen him on Rachel Ray, Anderson Cooper, The View, VH1, Celebrity Fit Club. I mean, Ian, is there a place you have not been at this point? (laughs) (laughs) I haven't been on Ellen yet. There you go. Okay, Ellen, we hope you are listening. He needs to be on your show because he is the man with a master plan. And that's why we are so happy to have him with us today uh, because this coronavirus thing is frightening a lot of people. So we want to help some people out with maybe questions they may have about how to keep their kids safe, what they can do to stay safe themselves, and just, you know, protect parents, kids, elderly, all that stuff. So let's start off with, can you just break down what is the coronavirus? Because a lot of people, they just think it's this deadly weapon, but what is it? So the coronavirus is part of, um, as a family of viruses, uh, the new one, the novel COVID-19 is one of the viruses but there are other viruses in the family. And so this is not the first coronavirus, but this is a novel, which means a new coronavirus. Was born, uh, coronaviruses are zoonotic, which means they start in animals uh, and then they uh, come over into humans. Uh, Obviously, uh, research has shown or studies and people have said this has started in China. Um, And so once you start getting it into humans, then you start having problems because this particular virus, which a lot it has not been known about, we're learning more and more uh, as the days go by, but it's a very transmissible virus. So it's very contagious, easy to go from person to person. The way it's transmitted is typically through respiratory droplets, just like the flu. So coughing and sneezing and talking, uh, uh, spitting, uh, those are things uh, that can transmit. The respiratory droplets that go in the air. And we're learning that the virus can also live on surfaces, depending on the surfaces, uh, it can live up to three days. So that's why it's so important for people to understand that exhibiting and using good hygiene is so important during this time because it's easy to get infected. You can touch a door handle that someone else touched after coughing into their hands, the virus is on the door handles, uh, you touch the door handle and you eat or you, you know, rub the corner of your eyes, the virus likes to get into wet mucosal areas, and so then you can become infected. So we got to caution people. This is not a time to panic, but it definitely is a time to be alarmed. This is the real deal. It can cause some very serious problems, even death, obviously, and people who are above a certain age or they have chronic illnesses, underlying medical conditions. 
And so even though people who are younger tend not to exhibit such severe symptoms, some people have no symptoms at all, uh, even though they tend not to be as sick, they still can get sick. They can transmit the disease to someone else. And a new study or a new report coming out of Belgium uh, was a doctor saying that he was looking at the lung x-rays and the scans of younger patients, people in their 30s and 40s who had coronavirus. And he said that the lungs look really, really bad, which means that, that there could be some long-term scarring. So people, young people saying, oh, it's okay. I'll just have it and get rid of it. Listen, there could be some long-term consequences uh, for your lung, your lung issues, your pulmonary function. And, you know, I think that's a great point because a lot of things, a lot of people think that they're immune to it. We just saw some videos of people out on the beach in Florida. Everybody's kicking it and having a good time because they think, oh, it's just the elderly that have to worry about this. But as you just cleared up, young people have to worry about it, too, which makes parents very afraid. People are asking questions right now. Ms. Williams wants to know about things about kids. Can kids ride their bikes outside? Can they, you know, go to the playground and things like that? Well, being outside in the open air actually is a good thing. Being in ventilated areas is completely fine. The issue is when you're in a confined space, which is why they close the schools. So having kids in a con confined space is not good. Or having kids in a situation like a playground where one kid sneezes, touches his hands, he's touching all the things in the playground, and then your kid comes behind that. So I don't recommend playgrounds at all, actually. But getting out and riding a bike, playing in the backyard, Going in the open air is completely fine. Oh, okay. And then I know people that are at home, a lot of people are at home and they're like, okay, well, can we be at home? Are our homes safe? And what can we do at our home to keep our kids safe? Because they're touching everything. Yeah. Well, this is where it gets a little tricky, right? I mean, unfortunately, you know, people are at home, so and they tend to be near each other. They tend to be crowded spaces. If everyone is asymptomatic and negative and doesn't have it, that's not a problem. But if someone may have symptoms or someone may have tested positive and you live in the house with someone else, you really have to wipe down the surfaces continuously. You have to make sure that the person who has the infection or suspected of having the infection, that they're washing their hands all the time. And in some respects, they got to kind of stay to themselves. I mean, they can't stay in a closet, but, you know, staying into a room by themselves, coming out when others are not out in the common open areas. That's very important. You need about 14 days, really, we think, uh, for the virus to kind of run its course and for people to stop being uh, in infectious where they can transmit the virus. But it's extremely important to do the old fashioned thing of hygiene. And remember, washing your hands is the best protection. When I know people are talking about sanitizer, they're hoarding sanitizers, but sanitizers are the second line really is washing your hands. Get that soap and water. I think a lot of people just, like, they, they are freaking out and buying all the sanitizers. But like you said, a lot of people still have soap. A lot of people still have water. Use that soap and water to break it down. But you mentioned something about spraying down the surfaces. And I recently heard someone say, well, you don't want to just spray it and then wipe it. You want to leave it. So what are the rules when cleaning? Because I think people don't understand if you're spraying Lysol, you're supposed to leave it. You're supposed to wipe it up. What's that rule? you wanna make sure that you wipe it up. I mean, the idea is you are spraying the disinfectant or using a disinfectant wipe to be able to interact with the, with the virus or other bugs. And it basically breaks down their, their cell walls and it makes them kind of unable to replicate, but then you wanna wipe it away also. So it's, it's spray, then wipe. So you definitely wanna wipe it away. It's very important that people know how to do that.
And I think people also forget a lot of the little things that you have to wipe down. Yeah, everyone remembers the, the big countertop in the kitchen. But like you said, door handles. What about like light switches and you know the counter, the sink faucet and things like that that people may forget? And what about furniture? Do you have to like, can those germs stick to like the living room couch and stuff like that or is it not out? You know, great question. I mean, I'm some of a germaphobe, so people who've watched me for years on Rachel Ray, uh -huh. they know that I don't touch anything in public. You know, people who get on elevators and push buttons with their hands or put their hands on railings going up escalators. Yeah. Uh-uh. No. You really, you know, you can use your elbows, you know, you can use a pen, use your, you know, the hem of your coat, mm -hmm. use some other surface to be able to touch those public surfaces. You know, don't use your, your bare hands that you eventually may put near your mouth or your eyes. As far as the bug living uh, on things like furniture, that's up for debate. And this is what we're trying to learn. And this is why this is such a serious situation, because there's so much we don't know. It can live on cardboard. It can live on steel and plastic. Oh, wow. So the presumption is it could also live on wood. It could also live on fabric. So, yeah, you have to be careful if someone is coughing or they're positive or they're showing signs. You know, you got to be careful where they're sitting also. Oh, that's a great point. What about kids? As a father yourself, you know, I've been trying to teach my kids, don't touch your face, don't touch your ears, don't touch your nose. And they're like, well, I can do it like this, or I can do it like this. You know, I'm like, no, don't touch anything on your face. Do you have any tips for other parents out there to keep their kids from actually touching their face and, you know, how to sneeze and cough and th different things like that? Well, you know, it's hard. I mean, kids are going to touch their faces, particularly the younger they are. And that's why what's important is you may not stop them from touching their face, but you want to make sure that their hands are clean. So if the minute they walk into the house, you need to wash their hands. Now, once they're in the house, presuming that no one's infected, presuming that the house is clean, then it's okay for them to touch their face and touch their mouth because they've been clean, they're in the house. But if there's any suspicion that they have been around someone uh, that has the virus, uh, then you have to really exhibit uh, some really kind of more strict guidelines about what they touch and how they touch. But the basic thing is, walk into the house, my kids, the first thing they do, even with, before this, the first thing you do when you come to my house, my kids, anyone, is you wash your hands. Mm -hmm. Because our hands are touching all kinds of surfaces outside. And beyond coronavirus, there are other bugs that you have to be careful of. So get your kids to wash their hands as soon as they get inside. Once they've done that, then they should be pretty much fine as long as the house has not been exposed to the virus. Well, that's one of the scary things about this virus is that it takes 14 days in most cases to show signs. Is that right? So how does someone protect themselves if they... Yeah, it could take... Okay. It could take... So if they, how can they protect themselves if they think everything's okay? And what are the signs to look out for that you may have an infection? So the three major symptoms for the coronavirus are fever, cough, and shortness of breath. And the shortness of breath is one that's, that's a little more unique to this. You know, you don't typically have shortness of breath when you have early signs of the flu or you have a cold. But with the coronavirus, people feel like their breathing is shortened or breathing is heavy. They're noticing their breathing, unlike in typical circumstances. They get winded easier. So the shortness of breath is something to really pay attention to. So these are the typical symptoms. And what people have to realize is that if you have these symptoms, you know, we've been talking about self-quarantining, but you really need to call your doctor, call the hospital, call the hotline that's in your area and say, listen, I'm having these symptoms. 
I think I should be tested. Talk to a healthcare professional if you can get through. I mean, that's one of the issues we're having now is the manpower is really overtaxed right now. But if you can talk to someone, they will give you recommendations. Come in, don't come in, wait, self-quarantine. If you can't reach anybody, then you need to go seek out help at the hospital. Make sure you're wearing a mask if you can. Um, but you need to go seek help and get tested. Now they're saying, now they're saying, unfortunately it's so late, now they're saying more tests are available, that people are going to be able to go to all different types of hospitals. They're having mobile units for testing. By the way, this is what we needed weeks ago. When we knew that this was a problem with Italy, and we knew that this was coming our way because America, by the way, does not live on an island that it can't be you know, infected. Uh, even though we're a rich country, we're a powerful country, we're as susceptible as anybody else. But that's another conversation. But now that we have the test available, people have to take advantage of it. Yeah, and you make a good point that you want to call ahead because I think a lot of people, they're just going places. Ah, I think I'm infected. So they're just going to public places or going to the doctor where there could be elderly people or other people waiting in the waiting room. So I know a lot of doctors are, like you said, saying call first or call the hotline, call the number to make sure you're not coming out in public infecting people until they have a plan in place to get you properly tested. And we have another question here from Nicole. She wants to know, can people get reinfected once they have already recovered from it? Yeah, that's another great question. I mean, these are the things that we're trying to learn. I mean, the, the prevailing thought right now is that uh, you probably can get reinfected. You can get reinfected by the cold. You can get reinfected by the flu. So it probably can be reinfected. So it's not like with chickenpox, where you think once you got it, it's gonna be difficult to get it again because your body builds up an immunity. We do believe right now the prevailing thought is you can get reinfected. It's so early um, in the course of this disease. We don't have those definitive answers, but people should behave like they could be reinfected again. And so they need to make sure that they're practicing good hygiene, even if they've already had the infection. So at this point, are you letting your kids out the house? I know you don't want the germs to come back with you. Like where, if they're saying a lot of cases only go to essential places. So are you letting your kids personally go out the house? And if so, where are those essential places to you? 100%. I mean, my kids are playing outside. They're playing in the backyard. They're playing with each other. Uh, you know, they're playing. They play tennis today. Uh, but, you know, I said, you know, they were playing with a coach. I said, listen, I told the coach, six feet, no touching, no fist bumping, no nothing. Speak six feet apart. So we're taking the social distancing very, very serious. But I, I don't want people to think that you can't go outside, that kids can't play. It's just people have to supervise who they're coming in contact with, and the surfaces that they're coming in contact with. Obviously, no gyms, no things like gymnastics. A lot of those places are closed, thankfully, by the way, and they should be. Uh, but like I said, open air, going to parks, making sure, unfortunately, that you're not using surfaces others have used, or if you're going to use them, make sure you wipe them down. Yeah, you make a good point because I think a lot of people, some people are taking it to the one extreme or another. You have some people that are like, I'm not going anywhere. I'm staying in a house being shut up with that same air. And you have other people who are just going willy-nilly going about their daily life. And you make a good point about, you know, even gyms, because I know some gyms are staying open. Some are trying to do extra disinfectant. I did go to a private lesson today, so I tried to keep it a little safer. Is that okay? <laughs> we stayed away from each other. It's like a private, you do your set, I do my set. Okay. And then we sprayed down everything after each set that we did. But, I mean, that was a private gym, so there was only, like, three people in there. So it was a little bit different than some of the larger gyms or group classes and things like that. And I think one point that I heard you uh, make recently is that, you know, a lot of people are thinking, 
the young people are not affected. But I want to reiterate again that even though you may not be displaying symptoms, they could pass it on to someone else like an elderly person. And you don't want to make grandma sick, right? Well, you know, that's the thing here. This is why this is so important for people to realize. Just because you feel good and you look good, number one, doesn't mean you're not infected. And I believe now that the tests are being made widely available, unfortunately, and people need to brace themselves, you're going to find probably tens of thousands of cases here in the U.S. If they test enough people, you're going to find tens of thousands of cases here in the U.S. because there are people walking around right now who are infected, who are undiagnosed. Listen, Kevin Durant from the New York, uh, from the uh, Brooklyn Nets and three other players, they just announced that they're infected. This doesn't matter how rich you are, how famous you are, how poor you are, how well educated you are, how clean you are. This is not what your nationality is. This is not an illness, how religious you are. This is not a, an illness that's based on those kind of demographic uh, parameters. This is based on simple transmission, human to human. It does not discriminate. Um, and so I think that people really need to be, be aware of that. Once again, people should not panic, but they should be alarmed that this is something serious. The numbers are going to get worse before they get better. Here's the other part I want to say mm -hmm. is that people have to be on the same page. Yeah. People, we all have to act together. We have to remember that my behavior affects your children. Your children could affect my mother. We're all, this is the kind of community that we're in because people can infect, infect different communities and take it from one place to another. So if some people decide, oh, I'm going to do whatever I want to do and go to restaurants and go to bars, and they're going to keep the, the virus active, actively transmitted, where others are saying, listen, I'm going to shelter down. I'm going to hunker in and kind of you know, stay low. Well, that's great. Half the people are doing that. The other half of the people or a third of the people are doing whatever they want to do. That means when the other people who are hunkered down come out of being hunkered, now they're going to interact with these people and this infection all over again. So as a country, we have to do it together. This is extremely important. And you say that it's important. I still think I hear some people in my head saying, yeah, I mean, I've had the flu before. I've had, you know, pneumonia. So what could you say to get to these people who have really thick heads or just don't understand how important this is to our well-being and maybe not theirs, but to other people? What can you say? You know, are there numbers to quantify how bad this could be if people don't start listening? If you look at the nat the world numbers, over 186,000 people already uh, have had it, over 7,000 deaths, 7,000 just due to this virus. Now, people want to compare it to the flu. Don't compare it to the flu yet. It's too new for us to compare. We don't have enough numbers yet to make that comparison. But you better believe that that number, the infected number is going to go up. The death rate is going to go up dramatically. And what people have to understand is even though most people, by the way, I don't want to scare everyone. Most people are going to get through this OK. Mm. But the elderly, people who have underlying illnesses, particularly respiratory illnesses like asthma, congestive heart failure, those kind of issues. Those people are in, in serious jeopardy. And even though you look fine, if you transmit it to somebody else and they then transmit it to somebody else, now you put other people in jeopardy. And this is just people just have to be human beings. They have to be you know, we have to come together. You just can't be selfish. This is not the time to say. I'm going to do what I want to do, you know, forget everybody else. This is the time for us to say, just like after 9-11, the country really came together after 9-11. I'll never forget that. This is one of those times, it's a national emergency where we have to come together and look out for each other. Yeah. Now, I don't want to take up too much more of your time, but I definitely want to get to your book. So just in closing on the coronavirus stuff, 
What's the lasting tip you can leave with people to help them protect their children, to protect themselves, and to protect each other? Wipe down all surfaces that are outside of your home that you are going to touch or your child is going to touch. Make sure your children are not touching other people, that they're not coming to physical contact. Really keep that six-foot uh, social distance uh, you know, in play. And also, just make sure that if you see someone who looks sick, sounds sick, it's not that they are a pariah and you're cheating them badly. You have to stay away. Really observe caution. That's the biggest thing I can say is just be cautious. The vast majority of people who get this are going to be fine, but you don't know if you're part of that group that's going to be fine or part of the group that's not going to be fine. And you also don't know if you're going to be someone who's transmitting it. So everyone be smart, be rational, you know, stay home. Don't go out to places unnecessarily. I mean, just everyone relax a little bit and we can get through this together. We can flatten that curve that we're talking about. That's Dr. Ian Smith giving great sound advice on the Daddy Duty 365 podcast. And he also has an amazing new book at we want everybody to check out called Mind Over Weight. And, you know, I've actually heard some people say that if you are healthier and living a healthier lifestyle, that can help you beat viruses like the coronavirus and other viruses that may come out. Is that accurate? 100%. I mean, it's all about the immune system. And the reason why older people and people who have chronic illnesses tend to die at a higher rate is because their immune system is weak or it's compromised. And so eating foods, lots of fruits and vegetables, lots of color in your food, because that represents antioxidants, which are great disease fighters. Things like citrus is very good for you. Broccoli is good for you. Almonds good for you. Okay. Turmeric is good for you. So really making sure that you're eating really healthy, that's extremely important. And my new book, uh, that's coming out, Mind Over Weight. It's all about the mind. It's all about people getting in the right mindset, finding your motivation, keeping your motivation. How do you curb uh, those cravings? How do you fix your relationship to food? How do you know what's the right diet plan for you so you can be healthy? What is the right one? So I really help people in this new book figure out how to chart your, their journey. And I believe that no matter what diet you decide to choose, you need to start by reading this book because it helps you get your mind right. The most successful people who lose weight and are healthy are those who have their mind in the right place at the beginning of their journey. And your book again is called Mind Over Weight, but I keep wanting to call it Mind Over Matter because is it, is it pretty much that same concept? Like it starts, like you said, in a mind, there it is, Mind Over Weight, check that out. And is it pretty much that simple that it's once you can control your mind over what you should be eating and not be eating that you can really control your metabolism, your weight, your weight loss, all that stuff? 100%. When you understand some of the, I have a lot of great simple strategies for people. Mm -hmm. When you understand some of these things, and there are things you can apply to your life right away, by the way, and you sit there and you say, oh my goodness, I didn't realize I was doing that. Understand the difference between a hunger, between hunger and cravings. Very different things, by the way. Mm -hmm. uh, so we hope that people are going to be able to look at this, make sense out of it, and really apply it to their life. And once again, you can have the best diet plan in the world. You can have the best private trainer in the world, the best exercise plan. If you don't have your mind in the right space, it's not going to work. And, you know, a lot of people are fans of yours. They've got all of your books. And you've published nearly 20 books, a lot of them bestsellers. So what makes this one stand out from your other books if they already have the whole catalog? <laughs> well, what I like about this book is all about the mind. It's not a diet plan. I've written tons of diets, as you know. But I like that the size of this book, it's a small little book. Um, I fought to make this a small book. The price point, it's much cheaper than my other books. You can get on Amazon for like 14 bucks, oh. which is really inexpensive uh, compared to other books. But I'm really 
I wanted people to have a book that they can put on their shelf. It's an evergreen book, which means you can go to it at any time. Um, and I think that it, the beauty of this book is that it applies right away. These there's seven chapters. It's simple, but the 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 opinions and the matters and the issues and the strategies not to, they don't just apply to weight loss by the way. They apply to life in general. Oh. Are you ready to make a change in your life? Um, how do you control your environment? All these tips I think go beyond weight loss. And by the way, my Instagram I'm at Dr. Ian Smith. Spell the doctor out. I A N Smith. I give a lot of free tips, not just about you know how to lose weight and how to get your mind right, but also I'm doing updates, as you know, um, on the coronavirus. I wanted, you know, tell people to follow me on that, and and I just try to put out good content for people. Oh yeah, you're always delivering on the good content, <laughs> so not a problem there. So, what would you say is the main thing people get wrong when they're not having this mind over weight concept in order? What's especially if they're trying to lose weight, get healthier lifestyle? What's the main mistake people make? I let me say two. I think people choose the wrong diet plan. There's no diet plan for everyone. And people choose what's popular or they choose because they heard a friend say, I lost 20 pounds in two months on it. So they say, oh, I'm going to do it too. So people don't choose the right plan. You got to choose a plan that actually is, that fits you, that works for you. And there are plenty of good ones to choose from. And the second thing is people set the wrong goals. People make unrealistic goals. So when they set unrealistic goals and they don't meet those goals, they think that they're failing. When in essence, they were actually succeeding but because their goals were too lofty, it gives them the impression they were failing and they stop and try and they go to another program. And so in the book, I teach you, how do you set goals? How do you find the right plan? If people can tackle those two things first and then find their motivation, they're going to be off to a great start. I think a lot of people that read this book will be off to a great start. And that's why we want to encourage people again to get mind overweight. I mean, it really talks about how you can curb these cravings, find motivation and hit your numbers and seven simple steps. I want to ask all of them, but I'm going to make people go out and buy the book instead. <laughs> Trust me, you guys will not be sorry. And I like the fact that, like you said, it helped people. They're not just thinking about losing weight, but making life choices or where they're going with their life and helping them think through some situations because I truly believe once you can believe it in your mind and you can speak it into existence and you can start motivating yourself, almost like the reversal of placebo effect, you can motivate yourself to make those things happen. So I really appreciate you putting this book out. I really appreciate you helping us with this coronavirus stuff because it can be very scary for people. But I believe if people stay informed, follow him, Dr. Ian Smith, on Instagram where he's giving out tips all the time. And you can also remind people to follow daddy duty 365 they can listen to this podcast again it'll be on social media as well daddy duty 365 the podcast we want to make sure everybody out there subscribes to the podcast and also get his book mind overweight so important dr ian smith thank you once again for joining us we really appreciate all of your time thanks man be safe be smart hope to see you soon all right we'll see you soon in houston on that book tour <laughs> I'll be there. Take care. Bye-bye. Hey, everybody. Before you go, we just want to say thanks again for watching this episode of Daddy Duty 365. But we also need your help to get the word out about this new podcast. So please subscribe, follow, share, and set up alerts to be notified of new episodes when they drop every single Wednesday. And remember that this podcast is brought to you in part by Comcast. Thanks, Comcast.